Hello and welcome to another episode on Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Firstly, apologies for the late show. Um, normally I do match week reviews on either Monday or Tuesday, depending on the fixtures. But as it's the last week of summer holidays, I'm trying to do as many activities with the family. So dad life took over there. But as the saying goes, it's better late than ever. And here we are. So during the show... We'll review the games from Match Week 3, um, which probably feels like a bit of a distant memory now, but I'll refresh your mind and discuss all the big talking points from the weekend fixtures. So let's begin with the first game, and that is Newcastle versus Liverpool. So what a fantastic win for the Reds, going down to 10 men again, but this time we were victorious thanks to our number nine, Darren Nunes. But a difficult start to the game. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was targeted by Gordon in the opening 10 minutes. They got involved in some sort of tussle. Trent retaliated and threw the ball away or tried to <laughs> throw it at the, at the player and unfortunately gets a yellow card. A soft one, but unfortunately, this is the new rules now, so it's something that we have to abide going forward. But then literally a minute later, they were involved in a one-on-one duel. And Trent seems to use his forearm to to push Gordon down to the ground. And honestly speaking, that could have easily been a second yellow. And we certainly got lucky there. But we weren't so lucky after the incident. Trent miscontrols the ball from Mo Salah's pass. Gordon goes through on goal, one-on-one with Alisson and hits the back of the net. So 1-0 to Newcastle there. A moment later, it goes from, from bad to worse. Van Dijk... Challenges Isaac for the ball and gets a straight red. Now, even after a few days looking at the incident, I still don't believe it was a straight red. Uh, Van Dijk gets the ball first, in my opinion, and his touch is away from the goalkeeper, from the goalkeeper, from the player, sorry. But because of his aggressive manner to make that tackle, he takes that player out at the same time. So some would say it was a clear-cut goal-scoring opportunity. I don't think it was as... For me, when he got the ball, he would have been away from the goal on his weaker foot. So it could have gone either way. Um, but it is what it is. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Was it a red card? Uh, from what I know, Van Dijk will receive a one-match ma- one ma- one ban. But there will be a possibility of an extra match ban due to the manner in how he spoke to referees, which is just ridiculous. Other players do it all the time, but they never get finished. But... I guess only Liverpool get that sort of treatment or punishment, I should say. After that, it was pretty much all Newcastle and understandably, who looked very comfortable in possession, had a good few chances themselves. Um, Alisson pulled off a worldie of a save and Amaron was close to scoring um, but hit the post. And Liverpool actually got their first goal late in the second half and that goal ended up being on the score sheet. So it was super sub of the day. Darwin Nunes scores a fantastic goal from the right-hand side. Lovely threaded ball by Jota. And then the match winner came on the 93rd minute from Darwizi. This time it was Mo Salah who threaded the ball to Nunes and in identical position to the first goal. And it was the same outcome. Smashed it in the bottom corner for all three points. So a great win for Liverpool. For me, the mentality monsters are back. Two matches we've gone down to 10 men and we've shown what we're made of. Big mention for Dominic Sobozlai, who for me was man of the match. 
playing different roles throughout the game, never looked out of place. I'm expecting big things from uh, Sobozlai this season, or should I call him the boss? Because for me, he will definitely be bossing midfields going forward. Next game for Liverpool is actually against Villa on Sunday, which will be a tough encounter, but one that I'm looking forward to. Next game, Arsenal versus Fulham. Actually, before we do that, we have a couple comments. Um, Tariq talks football. Big up to Aussie on a huge win with the Reds on Sunday. How you cope defensively against Villa without Konate and Van Dijk? Good question. Uh, Van Dijk, from I think what we know right now, could possibly face a two-match ban. So that would be against Villa. And I think the second fixture will be West Ham. So, so yeah, of course, it will be a huge loss to have to not have Van Dijk in the team. Obviously, our captain now as well. But I might be one of a few people, but I still have faith in Joe Gomez. I do feel like he still has the talent to be a top, top uh, player for Liverpool. And the way he came in, for me, he, he was... Bar Nunes' fantastic performance, I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch as well. So I still have faith in Gomez. And then Matip as well. Matip had a fantastic game uh, against Newcastle as well. So I'm not too uh, concerned as it's, I would say, two games. Because I believe Konati's injury is not a long-term injury. So for the short term, I think we'll be able to manage. Um, We've actually been linked with a... Defender from Bayer Leverkusen in, I think his name is Hincapi, and he's an Ecuadorian defender. So I'm not sure if there's any truth to that rumour. So right now we've got Gomez, we've got Matip, we've got Phillips still at the club, got a young defender in Kwanzaa as well. So we've got players there, but I feel like Gomez and Matip should do the job uh, going forward. Even our new signing Endo apparently can play centre-back. So <laughs> we should be covered in that regards. Uh, Villa will be very, very tough opposition. So, yeah, looking forward to it nonetheless. And a comment from Bobby K. Thank you for your support, as always, Bobby K. Appreciate it. Next one, Arsenal and Fulham. So, this was definitely a surprise result, and it didn't start well for Arsenal. Starboy, Saka, misplaced the pass towards his defence. Pereira latches onto the through ball, and... At that said, you're thinking he's going to accelerate towards a six-yard area and then do a sort of one-on-one finish. But he saw Ramsdale out of position. Ramsdale was pretty much around the penalty spot at the time. And then he intelligently curls the shot from the outside of the box into the bottom corner, smartly executed by Pereira and what a start for Fulham it was. Jimenez almost makes it 2-0 with an audacious acrobatic effort. Just goes over the bar. But unfortunately for Fulham, they concede a penalty as Tete fouls Fabio Vieira. Stonewall penalty, no debate about that. Saka steps up and calmly slots in the bottom of the corner. Arsenal level up, but then take the lead very shortly. Lovely cross by Vieira, who had a big impact on this game. Two was Enketia, and he scores from close range now. The crowd goes wild as they scored the second goal of the game. But unfortunately for Fulham, their centre-back, Bassi, gets a second yellow and is dismissed from the pitch. You would think that would kill the game for 10-men Fulham. Nope, that wasn't the case. They had other ideas as Palina gets the crucial finish from the bottom corner. And then his equalise um, came at the perfect timing for Fulham. 
and the way they were celebrating, it felt like a winner. And I think it was deserved, uh, to be fair. Two points drops for the Gunners. But for me, it's too early to make any comments in terms of where they are in the league position. Yeah, it's the first month. Points will be dropped. Got a long, long season ahead. Next fixture, Bournemouth versus Tottenham. Spurs got a great away away win against Bournemouth, um, who for me do actually play some decent football. The first goal came from a lovely free ball from uh, Senegalese midfielder Saar to Madison, and he finished it clinically in the bottom corner. Great start for, for Tottenham there. Bournemouth went close just before halftime through Billing's shot, but he just misses the target. Semenyo, who was one of the star players against Liverpool last week, also goes very close, just missed the top bins. But Spurs get the winner as Udogi attacks on the left-hand side of the box, hits a cutback pass towards Kulusevski, and then he hits the back of the net. So overall, a good performance and a good win for Spurs. Really good to see the likes of Saar and Basuma blossoming in the team, playing some first-team football finally. And also Udogi, who looks like a really talented player. I think Spurs fans will get the free-flowing football that they've been asking for since probably the Poch days. With the t- uh, transfer deadline day being tomorrow, I still think they need to sign an attacker. Some will do a great job there, in my opinion, playing that central striker role. But he can't be relied upon too heavily to get all the goals and other players will need to chip in. For me, Richarlison is not that guy. So they need to find a better player who will fit into the team. So let's see if they do sign a new tackle. But so far, so good for Tottenham right now. Exciting times ahead with Big Ange already beating Manchester United this season and notched up two wins and a draw. So exciting times there. Let's go comment here from Will Johnston. Sterling injured, non-England squad. Oh, that's a surprise. I actually didn't know he was injured. Um, he had a great game for Chelsea as well. So... Interesting. See how that news develops further. And we'll go into Chelsea. Chelsea versus Luton. So Chelsea managed to get the first win of the season as they beat new boys Luton Town. Raheem Sterling opens the score sheet with amazing run on the right wing and scores with his left foot. Great goal and great finish from the winger there. Second goal, great cross by Agosto on the right into Sterling. Fantastic finish as he scores his second goal of the game. And by the way, Gosto looks like some player, very, very talented, smart recruit from Chelsea there. And then Sterling becomes provider for the third goal. And what a cross it was. Zipped it in towards the six-yard box. And Nicholas Jackson gets his first Premier League goal for Chelsea. So overall, a good win for the Blues. And I think it was definitely needed after losing to West Ham embarrassingly last week. Next fixture, Manchester United and Nottingham Forest. And speaking of embarrassingly, this could have been this could have been the case for Manchester United as they narrowly beat Nottingham Forest. The game started in disastrous fashion as Anwoyi hits United in the counter-attack, goes through on goal and slots in the bottom corner. Now, what was Onana doing? Um, United fans are telling me this guy's an elite shot stopper. He's a top sweeper, keeper. For me, he throws under pressure there. Not a great start to his United career so far. Bowley makes a 2-0 with a header from a Gibbs-White free kick. United were just getting blown away at this stage. But they managed to get their breath and got one back as Rashford hits a low cross and Ericsson gets a crucial touch to hit the back of the net. 
Casemiro, who's been under the spotlight for his poor performances recently, gets on the score sheet as Bruno heads the ball across goal and a nice tapping for the midfielder there. Joe Worrell for Nottingham Forest gets a red card after his challenge with Bruno Fernandes. Bit soft, but I think due to the positioning of the two players, and it was closer to goal, probably the right call in that regard. Just a point to make about the officials right now. I'm not liking the fact that there's so many red cards being dished out. These new rules for me could be a problem this season and we'll be seeing players getting dismissed on a regular basis, which is not what we like to see. But back to the game, I guess. Nottingham Forest concede a penalty at the latter stages as Danilo fouls Rashford in the box. Bruno Fernandes steps up and helps United secure the win. So they managed to get the three points, but as a collective, United look terrible, if I'm being brutally honest. They will certainly need to make some serious improvements this season as they really struggle to compete against Forest. So imagine when they're playing against the bigger teams respectively later in the season. So a lot of work to do at Old Trafford there. Sheffield United versus Manchester City. So a tough game for City as Sheffield United made it hard work for them to get the points. But in the end, they managed to get the three points. City were awarded a penalty after John Egan handballs in the box. Haaland steps up for the penalty and he hits the post. He is human after all, guys. After a few more chances on goal, he managed to get one and this was around the 62nd minute. Great cross by Grealish and Haaland leaps and hits a bullet header into the goal. 1-0 to City there. But Sheffield United got the equaliser and what a goal it was um, as Bogle smashes it in the bottom corner. And at that stage... Fans and even the City players look defeated. So I thought maybe they've dropped points there. But like all true champions, they show their drive and determination. And Rodri smashes the ball with his left foot into the top corner. And what a guy it was. And what a way to get the win for your team. So City make it three wins in three games. And they're looking strong once again. Now, in other fixtures, Brighton... Lost to West Ham, free, which was 3-1. Um, and what a surprise result it was. Ward Prowse gets the first goal. And what a signing he's been so far. Now, I felt like I put this energy in the universe because a few months ago, I said Ward Prowse would be a fantastic signing for West Ham should they sell Declan Rice. And look what he's doing at, uh, for the Hammers right now. So I feel like he was always going to be a good fit in terms of his technical ability. And he's a proper team player. So a good recruitment there for West Ham. Bowen gets his second goal of the season. Antonio gets the third goal of the game. Nice turn and shot. And Brighton get a consolation through, uh, I think it was Grouse who scored the goal. And Brighton linked with Ansu Fati right now, which is exciting stuff for uh, Brighton fans there. But then does that mean Mitoma's position is in question? Or is he being sold? Who knows? We've got one more day of the transfer window. I think everything will be unveiled once that closes. Brentford versus Crystal Palace concluded as 1-1. Kevin Shard scores his first goal for Brentford and what a goal it was. Maisie run on the left-hand side and it smashed in the bottom, in the top corner. Really, really good goal from the debutant there. Anderson somehow for Crystal Palace scores the crucial equaliser through a Sliding tackle motion um, as the ball goes through the keeper's legs. 
look, it doesn't matter how you score the goals, they all count in the day. So he got a crucial point for his team there. Everton versus Wolves. Wolves were victorious as Kalasic scores an important goal to give Wolves their away win. Still no points on the board for Everton. Worrying times uh, for the Merseyside Blue there. Burnley versus Aston Villa. 3-1 to Aston Villa. Matty Cash scores a double. What a day it was for the right back there. Foster gets a goal for Burnley and it's a nice left-footed volley. Diaby gets the third and final goal. Gets a goal and an assist during the game. Looking great as expected from my point of view. As you all know, I rate Diaby very, very highly. But yeah, that concludes the review of the match week three in the Premier League. So what we'll do, we'll announce the FPL manager of the week. And that goes to a flying hobo. And your team name is A Hobos FC. And you managed to get 86 points, um, which is a very, very top score. And you're currently fifth in the league. So well done to you. Uh, Gusto and Cash were selected in your team. They both brought in double figures. So a masterstroke in terms of those acquisitions there. Uh, also a big shout out to Ibrahim Rashid. Your team is Kushgang FC, who is top of the league right now. Uh, you've got Rafael Atfield. His team name is Praise Jesus. He's also very close in second with two points behind. And Sebastian Tunic, uh, your team name is Papa Willock, in third position, eight points behind. In terms of my performance, I'm doing pretty well for right now. I'm currently 59th. Need to do a lot better. And actually remember to update my team as I've missed it twice in a row now because there's been Friday matches. So yeah, after this show, I'll definitely be updating my team so I don't forget tomorrow. But I've just got one more comment here from Will Johnson. Keep up the good work, man. Appreciate it, Will. As always, thank you to Will. Thank you to Bobby K and Tariq Talks uh, for your comments. If you haven't already, guys, please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, please don't forget to follow and share the content to your friends and family. Next schedule show will take place tomorrow as we do a match preview of Liverpool versus Aston Villa. As I mentioned earlier in the show, tough game for the Reds, but for me, I'm looking forward to it. And if there's any transfer-related news surrounding Liverpool, so currently we're strongly linked with Ryan Gravenberch of Bayern Munich. Um, so, you know, if we're signing him, then I'm definitely going to do an impromptu show. So, best thing to do is follow me on social media uh, to keep up to date. You can follow me at AussieFTP on Twitter or Aussie.FTP on Instagram, Fres, and TikTok. If I'm going to do any impromptu shows, I'll probably announce it um, on my social media feeds before I go live. So, best place to find out where to watch my content or just hit the notification bell on YouTube and you'll get a reminder when I go live. So enjoy the rest of your day, guys. As always, take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very soon. Goodbye.